PFF NFL Daily, today discussing James Bradbury of the New York Giants on the outs. Going to get released by the New York Giants. So before he gets signed, Sam, let's tell everybody where he could still go. And I just want to start this by saying, look, I love the draft. I love breaking down all the draft moves. We love free agency. But I think shrewd teams can still make moves. And while the Giants are almost $8 million over the cap, this is a move that they have to make to put James Bradbury out in the open market. But another team, especially a playoff caliber team, is going to get a very good player in James Bradbury on the cheap and without the compensatory picks on the other end that they have to give up and all this stuff. So any thoughts on early locations for uh, James Bradbury? Yeah, I mean, James Bradbury, the Giants apparently trying to trade him before the draft never materialized. So now because of their salary cap situation, they're going to end up having to release him because there's just no way they can rework that deal, sign all their rookies, get under the cap. Um, So yeah, he's going to be on the open market. And Bradbury has had a bit of a weird career at this point. We've got, what, six seasons at this stage. He's been a starter all six seasons. Um, Maybe only one of them have we really seen the true high-end, like, elite potential that James Bradbury has. He is the prototypical size and sort of modern-day cornerback. Six foot one, 210-plus pounds, runs a 4'5". That's that's what everybody's looking for. He can make plays on the ball. He's got multiple seasons in, of his, in his career with double-digit pass breakups. Um, and for the first few years, you kind of put it down to look at that division he's in, right? He's going to go against Julio Jones twice a year. It was just this murderer's row of a, a division that he was in. Then as soon as you get released from that and get to the, the NFC East and get to the Giants, he has a career year and looks fantastic. And cools a little bit last year. Didn't quite back it up. Um, so we have this player, I think, that is still capable of really good play, but might not be quite as good as he looked that year. But he is an absolute, like, guaranteed, capable starting corner. And there are teams out there that should definitely be in the market for that. The most interesting name of which I'll give you to start with, what if he went back to Carolina? That would be interesting. You put him opposite J.C. Horn. Uh, last year's first-round pick, you get Dante Jackson. I, it could be something that they that they look into. You know, they, they added Stephon Gilmore for that half season last year. I mean, the thing about Bradbury, like you went through that evaluation, right? I mean, he is two years removed from being the fourth most valuable corner in the NFL. That was 2020. But it is an outlier season, right? Like when you're it, – it, sure. it's interesting when you're trying to make these player narratives. When he was in Carolina, you nailed it, right? He's got all these – tough receivers to cover maybe when he gets to the nfc east this is the turning point bradbury was way better he just got wrecked by really good receivers but he regressed back last year into what he was pretty much in carolina which is about a league average corner that's where you balance it out with some peaks at various points in his career so what's james bradbury worth average corner play with the potential for elite corner play to me, is most intriguing, not for a team like the Panthers, though. It is more intriguing for the playoff caliber teams, a team like the Chiefs, um, that even if even with an investment in the first round, absolutely could still use a James Bradbury on their team, you know, building with volume and, and you know, allowing Trent McDuffie to maybe move around a little bit. Um, Rashad Fenton is the guy on the other side. I mean, they could absolutely use James Bradbury there. Uh, I was wondering if the Colts would want to do that because they, they got Stephon Gilmore and They've done a good job kind of making do with lesser name corners through the years and got the most out of Xavier Rhodes for that one season where they got, you know, really good play out of him. But you're talking Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Fackerson comes in and 
you know, Marvel Tell still kind of a project, and the, the Colts are one of those teams that always have cap flexibility. Uh, not that they're going to break the bank for Bradbury, but it, there are some teams, I think, that could still fit him in after the draft. Absolutely. I mean, def- look, there are teams that still have weaknesses in number two corner, even post-draft, um, and certainly teams that could be upgraded upon at number two corner in particular. And that, that I think, is where you start to get interesting when you mesh the teams that could make it happen and the teams that have salary cap space. That's when you start to get real value here because a lot of these moves that are going to happen between now and the start of the draft, or the start of the season, rather, are teams that have that flexibility. They've got good rosters already. They don't need to make it happen, but they've got the the ability, the freedom, the flexibility to make a move like that happen. And they're, they're like luxury additions, essentially. That's what we're looking at here. So I think there's a few teams that fit that bill. Cincinnati, right? The Bengals did a really good job in free agency, ticking off all of their problem areas, all of their holes, making sure they didn't need to do anything crazy in the draft. In the draft, they start adding just talented playmakers, guys like Daxton Hill, who we really don't know where he's going to line up, whether it's going to be in the slot, at safety, maybe even moving to outside corner. But the reason everyone was sort of suggesting, could he go to the outside? Could he play true cornerback? It's because one of their starting corners right now is Eli Apple, who held up okay last year, but is realistically a concern, right? Is a, an issue waiting to happen and a player that you would love to upgrade upon. The Bengals have space to make that happen. So, you know, they might not be desperate to make it happen. They might not go, you know, knocking down anybody's door. They're not going to trade for him. But if a guy like James Bradbury is available in the open market for a reasonable sum of money, the Bengals have the cap space and the, the, the roster space to pick up the phone and see if that's an option. And that's the kind of thing that can, you know, put you over the top from contender to, you know, get to the, back to the Super Bowl and, and get one step further. I love that fit with the Bengals because, yeah, I don't have the most faith in, in Eli Apple. I, I think it was a pretty good eight-game stretch that he had there. Peter Bay Awuzie on one side has been, has been good in Cincinnati. Um, that's the other thing about cornerbacks. It is very tough for them. It is very tough for even average to above average cornerbacks to just be consistently good every single year. And that's why we 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 talk about attacking that position in volume, uh, both tactically and strategically. Tactically in a given week for teams that like to play matchups, and then strategically, um, just having depth is so crucial. If a guy's having a bad year, you can get him out of there. If a guy you know loses a step, injuries, all of that stuff, you can't afford to have a bad secondary. And a team like the Bengals is at that point in their team building roster uh, situ- uh, situation, right? Um, in their lifespan, so to speak. And it does allow Dax Hill to you know be a little bit of a safety slot hybrid along with Mike Hilton, and all of a sudden the versatility back there for the Bengals, uh, it you know could be really good. Uh, the New England Patriots were the other team I was thinking of. They just don't really have the cap space as far as right. a guy that he would fit. I think he would fit in there. Uh, but this year's cap situation, they're pretty much up against it right now. Whereas next year, they've got a lot more flexibility. But again, Sam, I think those are the moves where we, we put a lot of eggs into the, the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 draft picks that a team has and says, and say, here, here's why you, you fill all your needs. But this is one of those arguments against just filling needs and not necessarily taking the best players, right? Because these opportunities do present themselves to get good players on the cheap and without giving up a whole lot. 
Yeah, I think he would definitely fit with the Patriots. You're right there, just in a tough spot cap-wise. I think that also applies to the Arizona Cardinals. Same deal, he would fit there. They don't have a ton of space to make that happen. A team, I think, that's closer for that. And honestly, James Radbury might be the best cornerback on this roster. The Raiders. Um, you know, the Raiders lost Casey Hayward who was in free agency, who was their best corner a year ago. They've got, well, I mean, Nate Hobbs maybe, but he's a slot guy. So you've got Rocky Asin, who they brought in, Trayvon Mullen. You've got Anthony Everett, who they brought in from Baltimore, Darius Phillips in addition. They've added a lot of bodies, and I don't hate the bodies that they've added, but... None of them are James Bradbury. Like, he could easily be the number one cornerback on that roster. They don't have a ton of cap space, but I think they have enough to make a move like this happen. Um, They, I would imagine, would be one of the teams that are on the phone to see if they could squeeze that in under the cap and and make some moves and get that happening. One last team to add to the mix, the Philadelphia Eagles. Kind of mid-tier cap space. They have Darius Slay on one side. The other cornerback position, Zach McPherson last year, late round draft pick, Tay Gowan, you know, they got as a, uh, you know, uh, uh, from the Arizona Cardinals, you know, uh, Arizona Cardinals fourth mm-hmm. round draft pick last season. Avante Maddox is there, kind of could be the slot or the or outside corner. Opposite Darius Slay is a massive question mark. And again, you would look at the draft and say, Eagles better fill that cornerback spot. Well, they had other opportunities. They had to get an A.J. Brown. They had to get a Jordan Davis. They didn't draft a whole lot of players in the Eagles in their zone heavy scheme could be a good fit for Bradbury as well. No, agreed. I think that would make a lot of sense as well. By the way, one more point on the Raiders in, in that division, the AFC West, the arms race that's going on, the Raiders are behind the eight ball, right? I know they made the playoffs last year, but the Raiders are, are working at a disadvantage because they have arguably the worst quarterback in the division, even if he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, so if you're trying to compete with, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're trying to compete with Justin Herbert and the Chargers and Russell Wilson and the Broncos, they've kind of come to the conclusion that the only thing they can do is start swinging for the fences and bringing in guys that can make massive differences to this team. Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, like they're adding these sort of big, big name, big quality guys that can legitimately propel this thing forward and hope that the rest of the things they have are enough. The Derek Carrs of the world and everybody they already have. James Bradbury is that kind of move, right? He is a guy that can legitimately make a material difference. And even if you got to squeeze the cap a little bit and, you know, move some money around, it's the kind of move the Raiders have already shown they might be willing to do. On the other hand, it's the New York Giants who could also use James Bradbury, but they paid him over $16 million a year. And I think it shows, hey, look, some of these free agent moves do come back to bite because you can't always hold on to them for more than two years. So James Bradbury, a good fit for a lot of people, especially at the right price. Let us know, where should he go? PFF NFL Daily.